Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, August 5th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is Javabeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockedOnPadres at gmail.com. <sighs> yep, do just that, everybody. Just do that if you would like definitely gonna try and do a mailbag at some point i'm definitely planning on doing that so look out for the twitter especially for when i i i i sig i raised the bat signal or the padres signal in this case for some questions definitely feel free to do that guys um i love answering your guys's questions whatever they may be ask me about marvel's avengers game that's coming out in a month i don't care whatever i mean but probably keep them the baseball but still be be creative with it which Padres Iron Man? I don't know. Whatever you want. Anyways, enough of that little intro. We're going to be talking about today, last night's game, from the pitching to Lamette's near no-hitter to also maybe uh, talking a little bit about tonight's game. And then also, of course, I had to make the podcast weird. I had to have some type of fun little quirky thing on the side. I wanted to talk about uh, Brian Dozier a little bit, just uh, roast a little bit of him. And then some of my thoughts on Luis Patino and how he got called up. That was yesterday that he got called up to the majors, so congratulations to him. And just give us some of my thoughts on that. Pretty straightforward, if I do say so myself, guys. So let's get into it. So here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Last night's was just, um, despite what the, the, the box score says, right, and despite what the kind of numbers say from the Padres pitching staff and from Tim Hill and Craig Stammen to Pierce Johnson, it was not a bullpen-blown game. First of all, those are also just kind of our secondary guys. They are not our ace guys. Really, my issue with the bullpen has been largely based on the fact that, yes, uh, uh, you know, there have been guys like Matt Strom. I think it was Matt Strom, or, or I think it was Stamen, uh, who gave up the the home run, uh, the three-run home run to the Giants, and then the walk-off came off of, I forgot who, I'm blanking out already who it was, but that got me upset. But I was more upset with Pagan and, and, and Kirby Yates being so terrible, right? Yesterday was really not on them. Yes, they could have pitched a little bit better and it could have been a little bit more solid, but Padres' offense just wasn't on yesterday. And I don't want to start doing the thing where I complain because here's the thing, guys. Bottom line is every now and then when your team loses, it's because the other team played well. And I think that was really the case here. While I did think Lament looked pretty good, I think for the most part, he didn't allow a hit through five and two-thirds innings for the second time, actually, in 12 starts. Uh, he had a no-hitter uh, for six and a, a third innings on August 6th against Seattle. Got that stat from Kevin Acey. Um, he was good. Did only have the two strikeouts, though, so it's not like he was... I did think he was getting a little bit lucky. I think that the defensive shifts were, were coming in hand. Getting slightly fortunate on that, that guys weren't quite hitting the top off the ball, but still, Lamette, um, it still was a solid outing for him. He did end up kind of overstaying his welcome, almost. I'm not going to say that I thought uh, Jace Tingler should have brought in Stammen earlier, but uh, there was a vibe right after he gave up that first hit and the no-hitter was gone that I was kind of wondering, hmm, maybe you have to take this guy out. But I get kind of trying to conserve that bullpen, you know what I mean? They've already been used to death so far, and I get that. You can't just have all of your starters every single time only going five innings, especially after the kind of disaster with Lucchese from just two days ago, you know what I mean? So you kind of, you kind of have to take that into account, and with uh, Zach Davies too. 
So taking that all into account, though, still, um, you, you can't blame the bullpen too much for this one. You can blame Stammen for the error, though, right? And that's kind of the, the crazy thing is that five of the Padres' errors this season have actually come from pitchers, and two of them have come from Mr. Craig Stammen. So I don't know what's going on with him. The way he threw that ball, I was like, oh, my God. Almost resulted in our, our buddy Jake Cronenworth getting decked, by the way. Not... Like, it was intentional on the Dodgers' part, but it was like, oh, my God. Not to mention, there was a lot of walks um, in this game. A lot of hit-by-pitches, too, which made me concerned. Um, I know Justin Turner got hit, but, you know, Justin Turner is kind of uh, – how do I put this? It's not that he gets hit because of his attitude or anything like that. It's just that he's really close to the plate, so he often tends to get hit by pitches. So I hope the Dodgers don't take exception to that. It was really unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I spent the podcast yesterday talking about how I don't want the the Dodgers to act all crazy and retaliate because of Tatis's oop, my bad, type of trying to run it over the catcher who was in the line of, of the plate, by the way. He did nothing wrong that if they overreacted, I would get upset. And then what happens? The Padres hit a bunch of their players. Uh, I think accidentally. I think it's fair to assume that. But still, uh, it, it makes me look like, oh, great. Now it's like, oh, now if they come back at us, it's going to look really bad on our part, right? So, but anyway, moving on. Um, the biggest thing with this game, really, in general, was, yes, uh, the Lament start was great for the most part. I wish that he got a few more strikeouts there, but it was errors. It was errors. It was the, the, the Craig Stammen error, which ends up leading to a go-ahead run, and the Grisham and Mejia kind of play when Grisham fumbled the ball in the outfield and Mejia maybe he could have held on to that ball a little bit better makes you miss Austin Hedges for a little bit now doesn't it uh he couldn't hang on to the ball and that allows another run to score so here's the thing I've mentioned before that the Manny Margot thing is uh you know Manny Margot is more of a true kind of center fielder uh, and Grisham isn't necessarily. A, we don't know for sure if he's a good in um, the outfield defensively. He did have that infamous error in the Milwaukee playoffs, and now he kind of had one here. Fumble the ball in the outfield, which leads to the the kind of blunder at home plate, and Mejia doesn't corral it properly. I mean, it happens. It happens, and I don't want to get on the team too much because you know they had been playing okay, but still, I think that it's a reminder that defensively, especially in the outfield, it's not for certain. Uh, these guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, these aren't guys that, well, I like the outfield when it comes to the offense. I love Fam. I love Grisham. I mean, Grisham's basically been my boy you know I mean? for the most of the year so far. Still, it shows, it, it, it popped up for once the potential defensive woes of the Padres. You know what I mean? So that was a little bit concerning. But really, even less than that, this wasn't even about errors, honestly. I got to give credit to the Dodgers, man. Dustin May was bottom line filthy. Yes, I mean, filthy. And I'm not going to say this comes from. Padres' lack of offense. I mean, Tatis does get the great hit. And Cronenworth, Mr. Jake Cronenworth, who I will be talking about a little bit more uh, extensively later in the pod, he hits his uh, first career home run, the solo shot. And look, May looked so in control of his pitches. He had that incredible two-seamer. Just, just seemed creative almost with each pitch he'd been using, depending on the batter. And you guys will probably see the the one that he had against Manny from the two-seamer that went 99 miles an hour. It looked like it was going, you know, into another stadium, and then all of a sudden it cuts across the plate right on the inside of Manny, and he just swung and missed. I was like, I don't know how you could possibly hit that. Just look it up on socials. Honestly, look that up on Twitter. You'll find it. It was a filthy pitch. Everyone's been talking about it. So I just want to mention that uh, Dustin May, is the biggest takeaway from last night, at least in my opinion. Yes, some poor uh, fielding errors, but I don't want to do that thing where I just start complaining about on every pod. He looked awesome. And yesterday I said, 
You know, he wasn't exactly incredible in his first two starts. Mostly people were excited about that hair and kind of rooting for him to come up and be great, right? But he wasn't incredible going going 3.1 innings and 4 innings. He wasn't incredible. And then here, instead, he finishes with a spanking final line of 6 innings, only 3 hits, 2 runs, a walk, and 8 strikeouts on 82 pitches. And let me tell you, the Tatis hit, it wasn't like he, he nailed the pitch, you know what I mean? I mean, Cronenworth kind of got him. Made a little bit of a mistake to Cronenworth, but the Tatis hit was, you know, right down the the right field line, kind of a, a little bit of a laser, barely stays fair in the grand scheme of things. So it was still, you know what I mean? And all things considered, I think he was just dealing. And then the Padres' bullpen was just kind of awesome with Blake trying and getting three strikeouts, not allowing a hit, and then Kenley Jansen coming in. And while he's not the same as he used to be, uh, you know, a few years ago, not in his prime, he's still a quality uh, closer for the Dodgers for sure. So I really think yesterday's game, was disappointing, but still I want to give credit to the Dodgers for playing so well and kind of managing to, despite not having a hit, you know what I mean, a come-from-behind win for them. You know what I mean? Not Despite not having a hit, they stayed in the game and just, you know, they weren't afraid. They were like, whatever, we're going to hit this guy eventually, and then they did, and then when finally Lamette wasn't perfect anymore, they made it count. And, you know, they capitalized off our errors, and Dustin Bay was awesome. So that's really all my thoughts on the game yesterday, guys. I, I don't want to complain too much. Uh, everything for the most part, I think, was... It, it felt like a game that reminded us, let's also be care- We are the underdogs, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be totally aghast if the Padres don't beat the Dodgers, who are almost unanimously believed to be the best team in baseball, with maybe the Yankees being the only other team behind them, and then the Astros, unfortunately, the Astros uh, behind them. Still, I don't want to blame them too much. Tonight's game, though, really excited. They've got Ross Stripling going for them. In his two starts so far, he's gone seven innings pitched, four hits, only around one run, and had seven strikeouts against the Giants. And then against Arizona, got roughed up a little bit, thanks to Cattell Marte, who's kind of been, I feel like, the only consistent player on those D-backs, by the way. Uh, He only went 5.1 innings, and... Allowed four hits, three runs, walked two guys and only two strikeouts. Still, though, no pushover here either. I don't think anyone, honestly, in the Dodgers rotation is too much of a pushover. It's really hard to say that. There's nothing about the Dodgers that's a pushover of a team. Still, hopefully we can kind of bounce back from that. Just incredible showing from Dustin May and really um, beat up on the Dodgers a little bit. Kind of win this series because we're going to need to win this series, especially considering we play them again. You know, right after the D-back series, we play them again for a four-game series. So this would be such a great win tonight. Huge game for sure. And we got Garrett Richards going, who has looked pretty good so far. I know he got roughed up a little bit against the Rockies, gave up eight hits. But still, I mean, the strikeouts have been there. It looks like the Garrett Richards of old, which is an amazing sign, especially if he's your third starter and not your number one starter, as he was so often with the Angels. But you know what else is really important and needed uh, for, like, kind of for you to succeed and whatnot? That's food. You know what I mean? If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love, 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 love food. And that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, guys. Listen up. Listen up. You need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get everything you want delivered within the hour. And that's not all. Doesn't, doesn't that sound great? 
Doesn't Postmates sound great? Well, guess what? For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's right. That's code Locked On for $100, no joke, for free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, guys, now continuing with today's Locked On Padres podcast, I wanted to talk about a couple uh, other things, right? Just a couple things. And what do they have to do with, first of all, I want to just say what I'm about to say, I don't mean it as mean as it might come off, but I still kind of mean it. I still kind of mean it. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Let's keep pulling through, guys. Uh, Brian Dozier, right? He criticized the Padres organization not too long ago. Okay, you guys probably heard about this. He got released by the team. I was actually super high on him because of that hilarious little video that I kept inserting to the podcast, which, of course, I'll insert right now. Hey, Doge, Doge. Scale scale it onto a million. How are you feeling right now? A million and one, baby. I don't know what just happened there. And... Really, you know, I, I was excited because I thought, hey, you know what, to, to kind of make up for potentially Profar, and, and by the way, I mean, I haven't talked enough about Profar, who's basically just been probably the most, the worst Padre, with the exception of maybe Emilio Pagan so far this season, so he's really just uh, not been great, you know what I mean, but aside from that, I was excited because I was like, hey, maybe he can replicate a little bit of what he had those years when he was good, but Dozier had a quote where he ripped the Padres by basically saying, that they didn't treat him properly, right? He referred to his brief experience with the Padres as a debacle, in quotes. Asked to elaborate, he said, I'm a big transparency guy. I like people to be honest with me. That wasn't the case over there. I had to get out of there. I'll leave it at that. So, Mr. Brian Doja. First of all, here's here's my issue with this, right? Granted, it's all hearsay and it's kind of just quote-based, but it felt a little bit odd for him to be taking such a kind of public shot at the team. A team that really hasn't had any bad press. There's no, nothing about them that's been bad. Um, you know, it, like this is the same team that actually, out of all the teams in the MLB, actually um, pledged to pay all of its workers. You know what I mean? And its minor leagues and all that, like all the way through to uh, the end of like October, I think it was, which barely any other organizations did. So really, they've only been the, the stand-up organization for the most part. So it was odd for you to just kind of take a shot at them, right? And I just wanted to throw it out there that, you know, Apparently, he made an error yesterday. A very awful error. I couldn't find the video. I wasn't watching the game. I couldn't find the video. Uh, apparently, he made this uh, such a goofy error in the infield. So, let me just say, Mr. Doja, maybe you have a little bit of entitlement thinking that you can make the team just because of your uh, because of your couple great seasons with the Twins and even average seasons with the Twins. And guess what? Maybe Cronenworth, Mr. Jake Cronenworth, Mr. Jack Cronenworth, we are not Cronenworthy. I didn't come up that. One of my friends, Drew, uh, Drew Lister, came up with that just now. want to give credit to him. Shout out to him. I know he doesn't listen, but still. Uh, he probably thought, you know, maybe I'd get a free pass. I'd be on this team based on my pedigree and my record in the past. Maybe Jake Cronenworth, who was actually working out with the team all the time uh, to try and make the team, maybe he uh, took away one of, that, one of those roster spots from you, buddy. All right. It kind of reminds me of here's a stretch analogy, which I know you guys are used to me making a little bit of stretches analogies from Naruto to whatever. Right. 
reminds me of Landon Donovan on Team USA. Like him, uh, Brian Doshi is super famous and notable for like one major accomplishment, that being the the one season where he broke the record for most home runs in a single season by second baseman. And I guess he, uh, you know, isn't all that iconic in terms of his totality of his career and really just for that one moment. And I guess he expected everything to be handed on a silver platter for him. So, Mr. Brian Dozier, shut up. You know what I mean? Don't don't be talking stuff. And all of a sudden, you're out here making terrible errors for the Mets. So, I'm glad, Brian Dozier, you look like a fool. I'm not being totally serious about this, guys. I'm just kind of messing around for the most part, uh, trying to make you guys laugh. But it's true. I, I don't like anyone talking smack about the Padres, especially for something that can't be really verified, you know what I mean, uh, in, 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 in any tangible kind of way. And I mean, I mean, Cronenworth is out here working hard. He doesn't even have his own first baseman glove with him. You know, that's this is true. Go look up this story uh, based by Baseball America. I'll actually link it in the podcast that kind of talked about uh, um, Jay Cronenworth and his just such a talent. And it's kind of amazing that he's fallen through the cracks. And man, let me tell you guys that Hunter Renfro trade is looking mighty good right now. <laughs> so really, I, I just wanted to throw that out there and how Brian Dozier kind of reminds me of that um, thing. Maybe he thought that maybe because remember, I remember hearing basically he took less money from some other offers that were out there to be with the Padres. So maybe he thought that it was going to be a given that with Profar and some of these other guys and, and Garcia and whoever they had on the bench and whatnot, and Urias, like, that, oh, I, I'll make this easily. Like, I can outbeat Profar, right? Like, I have the pedigree. Maybe there was some entitlement there. Who knows? This is all speculation on my part. Basically just making fun of a guy who made fun of the Padres. That's all I'm doing here. A little bit of a revenge tour. That's all I have to really say on that, guys. I will link the story, like I said, in the podcast description. Be sure to check it out. It's really uh, uh, worth your time and it'll only get you more and more excited about uh, talking about Jake Cronenworth who yesterday hits his first solo home run really crushed it kind of like a jackhammer swing uh, to right field I mean I got way too excited my mom actually got a little concerned I was like oh you know I got like super excited I yelled for a second about I was like what's going on what's going on who is that I don't even because my mom's now trying to get into the Padres too because she knows that I cover them so she's always like you only told me about Tatis and Myers and Machado and all these guys I don't know about this person and I'm like I told you this guy was gonna be good you know and all these things where we were uh shouting with each other being so excited and he made that great defensive grab too which you guys can check out I assume on social media I think the Padres posted it this second like kind of great defensive play and again like I said it's not even a first baseman glove with him right now even having to borrow one from somebody else so really Cronenworth is the definition of kind of making uh his time using the opportunities had to the best of his abilities you know what I mean so just shout out to Jake Cronenworth worth been the hipster favorite for us Friar Faithful I'd say so far this year that's really all I have to say on that and then lastly before we get going I want to just quickly talk about Luis Patino for a second one of the top prospects in baseball number 27 I believe in total top 100 prospects in baseball um, our second most exciting pitching prospect the one number one obviously being Mackenzie Gore but um, it's exciting I don't know what to say he throws high nine the guy throws some heaters man I mean he just got that talent, just seems to have this affable personality, too. There was a couple of videos that I saw of him dancing on a bus that were really cool. Uh, so I'm excited for him. I don't know exactly what the uh, usage for him will be. I don't know quite for sure if maybe they're going to use him as a bullpen guy. I don't think they should start him. I really don't believe in that, especially in kind of high-leverage situations like this. Uh, I didn't want them to use him necessarily last night either, for example, because, you know, Dodgers aren't exactly a team that I'd 
want to necessarily throw my uh, rookie prospect into the fire against. You know what I mean? I think that maybe saving him for the D-back series might be better. But I'm curious to see what they do here. Maybe they're going to start using a bunch of different relievers and guys uh, in exchange for the, the Joe, Joey Lucchese start. Maybe they're going to use a combination of guys like like Patino, or they might just start him straight out. I don't know fully the plans for him yet, and I don't want to comment on it too much or his abilities too much because... Guys, coming this Friday, I'm going to be talking with Mr. Aram Layton of Lockdown Marlins and the most recently introduced Lockdown MLB podcast about Luis Patino. It's such a we were going to have this chat anyway about the Padres kind of farm system to talk about his podcast and and how exciting it is that he's going to be actually like interviewing prospects from the uh, from every uh, team's organizations, including some from the Pirates. Um, Really exciting stuff, but it's even more perfect time now that Patino's been called up. We'll have to see how the rest of the roster shakes up and whatnot and how they use him, but I'd love to talk to him about all the Padres prospects from Patino to to Gore to Capizano to C.J. Abrams to whoever, really, to Taylor Trammell, who, unfortunately, is not really probably going to make the impact as I thought he was going to make in an extended season. My bad. Bad call on that one, my guys. Uh, but still, uh, really looking forward to that. So I don't want to give away too much of my thoughts or what we might talk about in Patino. So look forward to that, guys. I'm so amped to be talking some prospects, actually, for once. I usually don't care about prospects. Nothing I don't care, but I usually don't care about the... The minutia of them during spring training, you know what I mean? I actually like hearing about uh, their potential, I guess, especially in the middle of a season when we're kind of wondering about the Padres' bullpen and whatnot. And with all that being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Enjoy this little music right here. Let's go.